Today you are going to be hearing a sermon from one of our ministers here on staff. We hope this word blesses you and remember that we love and appreciate your time here. Now, let's hear what the Lord has for you today. team back there really quick. All right. Praise the Lord. Before my mic was off, can you give the Lord a big shout like you love the Lord? All right. You all may be seated. And I was I was going to wear a I was going to wear a headband just in case I sweat, so but it's okay. Good to see you all here today. Uh, we welcome you all in the house of the Lord. And as our minister said earlier today, on the behalf of Pastor Ruben, we acknowledge you guys coming on out and being a part of our service. And those that are watching online, we thank you for being here today. And uh, good to see my sister here, my oldest sister here, uh, visiting today. And she got a good surprise. She was thinking that she was going to hear Pastor Ruben, but heard another Ruben. So it's okay. This same, same well, New Testament, Old Testament, and we, that's how we, we, we say it, amen. Well, it's an honor to be able to minister the Word of God to you, and uh, just hopefully that you are um, open to what God is going to be able to speak to you today. So let's turn our Bibles over to the book of Matthew chapter 3, and uh, we'll be reading that in a little bit. But we're on this, um, this topic of staying healthy Healthy in so many different ways. You've heard healthy church. You heard healthy bodies. You heard healthy spiritual walk. You heard so much in the topic of being healthy. And when you begin to think about being healthy and you begin to look at our lives, I don't know about you, but I've been in scenarios in my life, storms of my life, where I really question, was God even listening to me as I'm praying? And those times of our storms and those times of our needs, we begin to question, is God really listening to us? And when you, if you ever dealt with a chronic illness or you ever dealt with discouragement, fear, um, suicidal thoughts, so those types of things in your life, and when you ask God over and over and over and to remove those thoughts, to remove those pains, to remove the, the sickness in your body, and when, be, when it becomes more than a year, when it becomes more than months and uh, decades, you begin to question, is God even listening to me? You ever been there before? Okay, I'll just preach to this section over here. Everybody over here is healed, I guess, but... When you begin to think about this, it's one of those things in our lives that, that there's this chatter. And when you begin to think about, you push this passive insecurity, fear, and, and condemnation. And I don't know about you, but when I don't hear from God or I'm, I, maybe I've tuned out God, the chatter of the enemy gets louder and louder. And i like to read to you on the book of Matthew chapter 3. And the story goes on in verse 1, and it says these words, In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, 
and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is, this is he who has spoken through the prophet of Isaiah, uh, Isaiah, a voice one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes uh, were made of camel hair and had a leather belt around his waist, uh, his food with locusts, with uh, wild honey. Uh, people went out to him uh, from Jerusalem and all of Judea uh, and the whole region of the Jordan, uh, confessing their sins, uh, and they were baptized here by him in the Jordan River. Now you begin to look at John. John wore the, these fancy uh, Versace uh, clothes. Uh, John uh, uh, ate. Uh, he was vegan at this time. Uh, John preached the gospel, uh, and people were flocking to John. And it says, uh, but when he saw them, uh, the, uh, saw many of the Pharisees uh, coming to where he was baptizing, uh, he said to them, you broad of vapors uh, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath, uh, produce fruit in keeping with repentance, uh, and do not think that you can say to yourselves, uh, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you, out of these stones of God can raise up children of Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that he does does not produce good fruit, will cut it down and be thrown into fire. Verse 11 says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not even worthy to carry. He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and Father. He is inspecting the fork into the hand and will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn, burning up the shaft in inquenchable fire. I'd like to speak to you on the subject, are you the one? And we'll get to that in a bit because I wanted to give you this picture, this background of John. John is this powerful man of preacher. He's being used by God. Those are strong words from John. He is telling the people what he expected, who Jesus is. He's going on in this separate uh, 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 um, situation of his life where he is uh, being on fire. He's on revival. And I believe all of us have come to a time of our lives where you were preaching the gospel. You're on fire. Uh, everything's going good in your life. Uh, you're telling everybody about Jesus. Uh, you're telling everybody that you have been healed. Uh, you're telling everybody that you're healthy inside and outside. Uh, you're pumped up. Uh, every red light, you're telling somebody about Jesus. Uh, you're telling them to repent in the break room. Uh, that's who you are when you get saved uh, and you get filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, that is you inside. Uh, you're pumped up. You're excited. You're enthused. Uh, just like when you walk out of here, you're excited you're you're all pumped up uh, when Monday morning comes uh, and a situation comes uh, have you been in a situation uh, where all of a sudden uh, you were at the highest point of your mountain uh, and all of a sudden uh, you're at the lowest part of your mountain uh, I want you to understand as John uh, is doing this he is understanding something uh, but when you begin to look at John's life uh, in the book of Matthew chapter 11 uh, 
John chapter, Matthew uh, uh, chapter 3, uh, he's, uh, he's explaining everything that's taking place. Uh, but in Matthew chapter 11, uh, everything changes in his life. Have you ever been in that situation uh, where everything is going good, but all of a sudden in your life, uh, everything changes to the dramatic point of your life where you begin to question, uh, are you even serving God? Are you even serving the God the right way? Uh, are you even in the right church? Uh, are you are even doing things right? Uh, is this the way my life should be? Uh, and we begin to look here uh, in Matthew chapter 11, uh, verse 1, uh, and after Jesus... Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples. He went on from there to teach and preach in the town of Galilee when John, who was in prison, here is now John uh, baptizing in Matthew chapter 3. Now you begin to go to Matthew chapter 11. Uh, he's in prison now uh, for preaching righteousness. Uh, John is missing. He's, in, uh, he's missing everything that he has seen or fulfilled uh, where God gave him uh, the vision uh, of uh, seeing great things taking his place. And now uh, you begin to look a couple of chapters later and he's saying these words. Uh, in Matthew chapter 11 verse 2 he says when John who was in prison heard about all these deeds of the Messiah he said to the disciples ask him and he said these words are you the one who is to come or should I expect somebody else uh, these words have always found been in my heart because if you ever been in a circumstance or ever went through something in your life you begin to and begin to ask this question as John did are you even the one or should I even expect uh, someone else? I really believe with all of my heart, uh, John uh, is not saying that God is not the one. Jesus is not the one. Uh, it's just he's in a point of his life of discouragement. Uh, he is at a point of his life uh, where he sees everything unrambling in his life. Uh, everything begins to fall apart. Uh, he is at a place of baptizing people, uh, even at a point where he is saying, I'm not even worthy. Uh, of carrying uh, Jesus' sandals uh, and now he's at a point uh, of saying in his life uh, are you even the one or should I expect somebody else? Uh, should I expect somebody else to save me? Should I expect somebody else in my life to heal me? Uh, should I expect somebody else to bail me out uh, of what I'm going through in my life? Uh, I'm here today to tell you uh, if those are the questions that you ask in your life uh, you're just human but, but I'm here today to tell you uh, the God that you are serving, uh, the God that you are worshiping uh, is the right God. Uh, he is the right one uh, that you lift up your hands and you worship God uh, to the very fullest. Uh, even in your discouragement and your fear and your insecurities that you face in your life. Nothing in this text suggests that John was denying Christ or even compromising. 
It's important to point out because uh, there is an enemy. There is an enemy who comes our way. There is an enemy uh, who lies in our mind and in our thoughts uh, to tell you that you are not worthy. Uh, you are unhealthy. Uh, you'll never get right. Uh, your marriage will never get better. Uh, your finances will never get better. Uh, things will never turn out the way that you expect them to be. But I'm here today to tell you uh, if you hang in there and understand that the God that we serve is a miracle working God. But what do you do when God doesn't do what you want him to do? Amen. That's the question. The question is, what do we do when God doesn't do what we want him to do? What do we do when God isn't answering our prayers? What do we do when our children don't come back? What do we do when everything falls apart? What do we do when we have to file bankruptcy? What do we have to do when we lose our home? What do you do? Because we all look for the miracle. And we all expect a miracle. We do. But what do you do when that loved one that you've been praying for and praying for, God doesn't heal? Some claim that John's question was a result of spiritual immaturity. You can say what you want. But I think John was just really asking a human question. That's all he was. People can rebuke us all that we want of, of questioning God. I get it, but not people can't uh, 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 say something until you're actually in that moment. I can't tell a person who's, who has a child that, that's uh, strung out on drugs and say it's going to be okay because maybe it's just not going to be okay. The fact is, is that when we find John asking this question, are you the one or should we expect somebody else? This question, this question is, shows that as much faith as John had, he was wondering what was going to happen in his life. Do you see the, the, the one who boldly announced the, the ministry of Christ uh, and now he's questioning the ministry of Christ? Uh, what happened? Did John no longer believe in the call of God? Uh, was he losing his faith uh, of wondering what was going on? I believe what John was uh, dealing with uh, is something that we all deal with in this place. Uh, it's called discouragement. We all deal with it. Some deal with it a lot harder, and some deal with it a lot lighter. But everyone in this place and those that are watching, we all deal with it. 
Don, John's discouragement isn't due to a lack of belief. Uh, it's the result of, of an unmet expectation in his life. Uh, it's something that he thought that he would see. It's something that he thought that was going to take place in his life. Uh, and but when it all falls apart, uh, he begins to ask the question. Uh, see, many of us in this room, uh, we, 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 we expected to see our family sitting by us. Uh, we expected uh, someone being healed from something. Thing. Uh, we expected uh, our marriage to get better. Uh, we expected certain things. Uh, and when it doesn't take place, uh, you begin to ask the question, are you even listening to me? Are you even understanding me, God? Uh, why uh, me? Why does everybody else get healed? Why does everybody else get blessed? But what about me? Uh, I'm here today to tell you, uh, you need to focus uh, on what God wants to do in your life. Uh, it may be a season. It may be decades, but I know that the God that we serve, he is the one that will mean it, and we declare victory at the end. You can define discouragement this way when there is a gap between our expectations of our own reality. We become discouraged. We just get discouraged because our, our expectations are different. We all have high expectations, don't we? Everyone, when you were growing up in school, you expected to be a fireman, a police officer, the mayor. I mean, but uh, all that changed. You were in jail. Am I right? You wanted to be a doctor, but you're at the doctors all the time because of a chronic illness. Our expectations when your medical tests are not what you, what you hoped. When your grades are not what you expected, when your children don't do what you hoped them to do, when your picture of your life is not what you expected. And it's hard and it's difficult. I could stand here today and tell you my expectations of certain things in my life. I, I, I thought them differently. And when it changes the atmosphere or your whole world, you begin to question, what have I been doing all these years in church? Am I the only one? I'll preach to this side now. I don't know what happened to you. <laughs> you all got saved now. Whatever happens when we become discouraged, I believe John was discouraged. He, he didn't lose his faith. It's actually simply thing that, that he knew what Jesus could do. Jesus was healing the sick. He hung around with Jesus. He understood that. Now John is sitting in prison. And spoiler alert, and I'll get there, but I mean, John doesn't get break free from Jesus. Jesus doesn't free him. We know the story that John actually gets beheaded. Beheaded. 
John's in prison and wouldn't, he wouldn't leave alive. Could you imagine John's disappointment of that moment where he's being taken away? Could you imagine that moment of John being there in prison and these, uh, these, uh, they're, they're taking him away? And I, I can imagine the expectations that John had in his mind as he's being taken away. I can imagine John inside saying, uh, my Jesus uh, is coming for me. Uh, just watch. Uh, I could just imagine John in his head. Uh, Jesus and his boys are about to come and free me. Uh, Jesus and his boys are about to be free. And as he begins to lay there to get beheaded, I can imagine expectations in his mind of saying, Jesus is going to heal me. An earthquake's going to happen. But it doesn't happen that way. What do you do? The chatter of the, of the, the enemy if God loved you enough, it wouldn't have happened to you. If God cared about you all these years, it wouldn't have taken place. If you had more faith, you would have been healed. If you would have had more faith in your marriage, nothing would have fell apart. How many times have you prayed and God is not listening? What to do when you... Your expectations are not being met. It's the first thing that you need to ask yourself. What's going on in your life right now? Ask yourself that question. What's going on in your life right now? Are your expectations not even being met? Are you, are you hitting your hopes, your dreams, your goals, your expectations? Call them whatever you want, but it's this expectation of thinking that you thought that you'd be here, but you're here. We all come to a point of our lives where we need to redirect ourselves in that discouragement and in that pain of focusing on God. I'm here to tell you and understand and want you to understand that uh, this here today, uh, if God doesn't heal you, if uh, you'll never get healed, uh, you have to be determined and say, I have enough faith that I will. But even, can I tell you, even if he doesn't, still stay faithful to God, uh, still praise God, uh, even to the moment that you say that you have breath, uh, if I have enough breath uh, to worship him. Let me worship him in my sickness. Let me worship him in all of the trouble that I go through. When we're at this point of discouragement, because reality is, and if we admit we've all been there, or we are there now, John the Baptist may have been discouraged, but he wasn't derailed from his discouragement. We begin to see this in Matthew chapter 11, verse 5 and 6. Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. 
the blind receive sight, the lame walked, uh, those who have leprosy are cleansed, uh, the deaf will hear, the dead will rise, uh, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Uh, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on the account of me. Uh, but Jesus uh, didn't stop here. Uh, as John's disciples uh, were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. This is interesting here. Because as you begin to look through verses, all through verses 7 through 11, John, who had sent uh, Jesus the question, uh, John uh, sent a question to the Jesus' disciples, are you the one? And as Jesus, is, uh, as Jesus uh, told these disciples to go tell John this, uh, Jesus is now talking behind John's back. I want you to get this for a very moment because the question is, is, is that God got my back, but does he got your back? You may say that's a little rude, minister. How can you go ahead and say that God's got my back? Uh, does he really got your back? I believe with all my heart that he does got your back. Uh, he's got your back. He is watching you. He is uh, guiding you. Uh, he is taking you. Uh, you see, I believe with all of my heart, uh, no matter what circumstance that you're going through, no matter who is talking about you, uh, Jesus is talking behind your back. Uh, and let Jesus talk behind my back. Uh, because when Jesus is talking about me and talking behind my back, uh, he is saying this, uh, that's my child. Uh, he's worshiping me. All hell is breaking loose, uh, but I know uh, who he's about. Uh, so I'm here today to tell you, uh, whoever's talking behind your back, uh, whoever's saying things uh, that your God is not the real God, uh, if he loved you enough that he would heal you, let God uh, talk behind your back uh, because he is saying uh, that's my child. That's the one that I created. He is the one that I made. John sent the question, not knowing what Jesus was doing on the behind the scenes. Because John is literally thinking that Jesus forgot about him, but he's really praising him. Jesus made two remarkable statements in Matthew chapter 11. In verse 11, he said, first, that one that he made greater than John the Baptist. Second, the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he it says these words, it says, uh, truly I tell you among those who were born a woman uh, and those who have not been raised, uh, risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Uh, yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. John's disciples are out of, out of range and Jesus starts bragging about John. Pumping up his ministry and saying this is who he is. This is what he has done. Which leads me to the question, why did Jesus wait until John's messengers were gone? Why would he do that? Sometimes I really believe. And this is why I, I understand this in, in ministry today and even being a preacher today. And even being 
married today because if you ever preach you always lean to your wife to ask uh, how good did I do today did I preach my guts out today and she'll say you did good and as a minister we want to hear us getting pumped up like you did good that sweat was flying I mean man it was good you know it's like man man wow you know I'll tell you as Jesus was doing that so so that John's confidence wouldn't be in John's confidence. You ain't hearing me, church. See, a lot of times in our lives, we want to hear good job. We want to say hey, all these great things in our lives. Why? Because the confidence becomes in your confidence. Uh, we need to understand uh, that God is telling us uh, we need to put all of our hope, all of our confidence uh, in Jesus, uh, the one who created us, uh, the one uh, who made us, uh, because that is what counts in our lives. It would be nice to hear some good, encouraging motivation. Jesus talks behind John. Uh, apparently, Jesus didn't want John to hear the next part uh, the, to make sure that, I mean, here is Jesus really, he's really bragging about John. He is saying, John is a rock star. He's the one. Do you see his belt? It's Gucci. The only motivation to endure that John is not given is based on the work Christ is doing behind the scenes. Is it possible that when we're not getting the, the affirmation, the confirmation we desire, it's because God doesn't want our faith to rest on the affirmation and the confirmation of ourselves? God is literally saying to you, uh, I need you to put all your faith, all of your focus and everything uh, on me. Because when you put it on yourself, when you become an I, 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 me, 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 I did it, did it, and I, I did it my way, and I did it this, and I did it that, God has to sweep you under your feet and say, uh, ah, it wasn't you that got you to that mountain. Uh, it wasn't you. Uh, it was me. Uh, and I'm here to tell you right now, uh, we need to say, God, uh, it's all about you. Uh, it's all about you you God I wonder what God has been saying behind your back lately I love it because at the end of the day I don't care what everybody else says. All I care about is what God says. That's it. I can imagine God in heaven in the times of my troubles. I can imagine God in heaven in the times of your trouble. He is telling the angels. He is telling his disciples. He's doing better than you thought you were. He is less about you and he's been moving forward. See, don't stop. I believe with all of my heart. God is cheering us on. 
And that's all that matters. Think about John. Think about John. Oh, he's coming for me right now. These chains are going to be broken. He's coming for me right now. It's going to get better. A check's going to come in the mail right now. I know it. I know it. I know it. I know it right now. I know someone's just going to wipe out all my debts right now. I know someone's just going to go in and do it. But it doesn't happen. What do you do? Could you imagine John? I don't know how they beheaded him, but I, I just picture it in, in, in my way. I could just imagine him just laying there. Thinking that God is going to bail him out. And he doesn't. And then they make a mockery of him. Put his head on a platter and walk around with it. That's what the devil wants to do to you. But I'm here today to tell you it's okay. Let the devil talk. Let the devil lie. Let the devil do whatever he wants to do. Because at the end of the day, all my discouragement, all my fear, all my insecurities, my Jesus reigns forever. My God reigns forever and ever and ever and ever. If I don't see a healing, I may see the healing in heaven. If I don't see a miracle, I'll see the miracle in heaven. Oh, God. We serve a good God. Because to me, even to hear the words of a doctor to say you're healed, even to hear the words of a doctor saying, thing, man, you're, you're cured, I would rather hear, well done, good and faithful servant. That's all that I want to hear. That's all I want to hear. That's all I want to hear from God. Father, we thank you for who you are. Father, there are people in this room today that are dealing with discouragement, that are feeling discredited from this world. There are some watching online right now, God, they are discouraged, they're wounded. They're waiting for a miracle to take place, God. Thank you, Lord, for loving us enough. Stand to your feet and lift up your hands to God in this place today. Stretch your hands to Jesus. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you're watching online and you're standing in here and you want to know God, would you say this prayer? Say, Jesus, I come before you. 
I pray that you will forgive me of all my sins. Come into my life. Change me and make me new. Amen.